0: Yeah, so Facebook and Google have claimed that their changes to their algorithm is to prop up more credible information and make sure the authorities on the subjects are promoted. Hmm. Um, but it's kind of worrying that in this in the ag space that, you know, non non farm websites are coming out on top. I mean hmm. the the authority on on how cows are taken care of should be, you know, like veterinarian, mm-hmm. farmer or a university doing research in cow care, like those types of articles should be the leading search results, not like a vegan website that's just pushing out false information.
1: Or talk Academy, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host Brendan Black, and today's episode, we're talking all about censorship and how it impacts agriculture. Here to talk about talk about this topic with us is our actual our, our guest from earlier this week, uh, Stephen, the you know the uh, creator of the Dairy Muse TikTok, and and also the owner of the of the Progressive Dairy blog. And um, I'm, I'm going to let go ahead and let him give his own little introduction and talk about his project. So, uh, Stephen, go ahead.
0: Hi, Brendan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, I've been in, involved in blogging and social media for like the last 10 years. And so over the years, I've seen um, a lot of different things happening. But right, right now, one of the biggest issues that is hitting the livestock industry is um, the issue of censorship. Mm-hmm. And the, my recent post about censorship and Censorship's been a big issue in animal agriculture topics like milk and dairy products. Mm-hmm. And even people involved in the carnivore and keto community have noticed that there's been a lot of censorship in their communities talking about dairy and meat. So I thought I would just put together uh, some examples of how this is affecting um agriculture how we're talking about it, ag and and dairy products so
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely so yeah if you want to provide some of those examples and you know kind of just give the context of you know uh wh- maybe why you think this is happening as well
0: sure yeah so um probably uh, noticed this happening more like in 2019 so google started censoring like a lot of um Search results, Um, my blog, I mostly write about cows and how I take care of cows. And I answer a lot of the common questions that people have about cows. So when people ask a question about cows in Google, a lot of times my articles would show up on the top of those search results. But these days, um, when you type those same questions in, I notice that um, a lot of non-agriculture blogs come to the top answering those questions. Hmm. So like NutritionFacts.org is a vegan website and they're actually the leading source on Google for some of these questions. Hmm. And that's pretty concerning for me as a dairy farmer, because I, the whole reason I started my blog was to make sure that credible information got out there and that people knew the truth about how animals are being um, treated on farms. So. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Uh, it's, it's kind of frustrating when you write the answer to a question and then Google thinks that you're not credible enough to be the resource or the answer for that topic. So,
1: yeah, no, I can see how that could be frustrating. And I mean, I've, I've definitely seen, you know, over the years, especially like, like you mentioned, it seems uh, to be a lot more prevalent, like since 2019, um, you know, a lot more agricultural posts getting taken down or people just straight up not, not believing what they say just because of how long they've been. Uh, fed, you know, false information that kind of creates this, you know, this weird stigma of like every every time they hear from an actual person in agriculture, they just immediately just don't trust what they say, which I think is kind of dangerous.
0: That's right. Yeah. And I thought it was just happening to my blog and my topic. But when I started um, going through some of the other communities that have been affected by this, um, like keto and carnivore, like a lot of those blogs have also been censored. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them noticed a big dip in traffic since twenty nineteen. And um it's interesting because a lot of those um websites um got a huge reduction in views, but then um I guess nutritionfacts.org got like uh quite a bit more traffic <laughs> hmm. and um they're no they're not more a more credible source of information than anyone else. So mm-hmm. um Yeah, so that was one. That was when I first started noticing it happening quite a bit. But but then I also noticed on some other platforms that there's been censorship going on. For example, on uh, Facebook, in uh, 2019, Facebook's they shut down this huge um, uh, low carb, high fat diet group called the Banting Seven Day Meal Plan, Mm -hmm. and. Dantene is just the South African name for the low-fat, high- or low-carb, high-fat diet
1: Mm. for the
0: ketogenic diet. So I guess they had like 1.6 million people subscribe to that page, but Facebook just shut them down for no real reason. Um, They said that they were spreading false health information. (laughs) So they decided to just shut that whole page down on that basis. Mm. But uh, there's been a whole lot of other incidents um, where Facebook has been censoring. I've talked to a lot of other farmers and they've said that they're trying to sell ag products on Facebook and they keep getting their posts removed. Um, I guess you can't buy or I mean, you can't sell animals on Facebook, but a lot of the farmers that I know are we're trying to sell beef mm. or eggs. And um, Facebook was taking their posts down or flagging them. Um, so it's pretty interesting because, you know, Facebook allows the sale of other products, but then they won't allow the sale of <laughs> animal-based products.
1: Yeah. No, that seems kind of backwards. And do you like, do you think this is kind of an algorithmic thing? You know, it's so like the, they actually like, structured Facebook around looking for these posts and taking them down, or is this kind of like a deliberate, like, you know, they're just targeting specific types of posts.
0: Um, they're supposed, to, I guess they're targeting just certain types of posts and, mm-hmm. They might have an algorithm working on that, but um, Facebook's not really transparent in that way saying why they're taking down the posts or, or for what reason.
1: Yeah. No, I've, I've noticed that recently in, in, in a lot of different media platforms, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, even like YouTube is, is getting really bad about it right now. Um, even like, like uh, gaming sites, like, like streaming sites, like Twitch are, are getting really bad about this kind of stuff where they just. Uh, straight up, you know, ban users. They completely take down their pages. They do all kinds of stuff and they give no reason whatsoever to do it. Like sometimes they'll say like, oh yeah, you violated community guidelines without saying what those community guidelines were. And sometimes they don't even give them reason. It just one day they log in and their account's gone. And so yeah. that, that seems to be a little frustrating for a lot of people, which understandably.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's super frustrating because um, when you're talking about food and like cow care, like those are topics that shouldn't be flagged or censored they seem mm. like a lot of the censorship that's going on these days is in the political arena but when we're talking about food it's not political or shouldn't be political so right um, it's just kind of worrying that you know just a conversation about food is being censored
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely and and you said that you've noticed that even on on google you know, on different search engines that uh you know reputable sources that have to do with agriculture are often like either lower on the page or or they're not on the page at all when it comes to the search results and usually it goes to, you know, like, like a vegan, you know, based website or, or other websites that don't have, uh, you know, more credibility by any means. And so what do you think is, you know, what do you think is causing that again? Is it like an ad- algorithmic thing? Is it that people are just visiting that page more or is it, you know, kind of just, you know, do you think that people are just deliberately trying to make sure that those pages are getting, are getting silenced? Yeah, so Facebook
0: and Google have claimed that their changes to their algorithm is to prop up more credible information and make sure the authorities on the subjects are promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of worrying that in this, in the ag space, that, you know, non, non-farm websites are coming out on top. I mean, mm-hmm. the the authority on, on how cows are taken care of should be, you know, like veterinarian, mm-hmm. farmer or a university doing research in cow care like those types of articles should be the leading search results not like a vegan website that's just pushing out false information
1: or (laughs) yeah things are just wrong and so so in in your article you actually mentioned one of the um you know one of the one of the videos that you got banned was of a cow getting her hose trimmed and that you know it was removed for violent and graphic content meanwhile like like this kind of stuff can be you know, um, just, you know, typically extremely helpful for a lot of people who are in the, ag in, in either in the ag industry or just early in their education, trying to learn about how healthy processes of taking care of animals can, you know, can be done, you know, it's almost more dangerous that, you know, that video gets taken down because that means somebody could, you know, could do it incorrectly or they could, you know, cause some, some level of that procedure to go wrong and, and you know, seriously hurt their, hurt their animals.
0: Yeah, so TikTok is a big area where I've um, encountered a lot of censorship. Mm. Um, yeah, like you said, my my hoof trimming video got censored, and that's just showing a uh, procedure on how I take care of the cows, and that shouldn't be considered graphic content. But when you think about it, like anything that we do on a farm could be considered graphic content. So if right. they use that basis, anything. Uh, could be taken down.
1: <laughs> right. Well, well, you know, it seems nowadays their, you know, their definition of graphic content is just anything that happens naturally. You know, that you can't uh you can't post, you know, cows giving birth. You can't post, you know, any kind of uh, any kind of vaccination process or any kind of medical procedure or anything that happens, you know, like it just seems like anything that's not happening in, you know, somebody's house is is at that point just a community community, a community guideline violation.
0: Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, like there's TikTok accounts like the vegan teacher who just um, spread false information about animal agriculture, mm-hmm. um, calling dairy farmers, rapists and murderers. Yep. And her, her account's allowed to be <laughs> allowed to keep going without being, um, you know, subject to the same community guidelines that everyone else is subject to.
1: Right. And that's something that I've, I've talked about somewhat, you know, briefly on, on the show before, but something I've been wanting to kind of cover is that, you know, she's capable of limiting her, her comment section to only pro vegan comments. And, you know, they're, there are you know, accounts that are capable of, you know, restricting the amount of comments or even turning comments off altogether. And like that kind of stuff is just, you know, that's, that's like kind of the definition of closed mindedness. You know, you're basically preventing any form of, of communication to happen at that point.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You can't even go on her page and provide good examples on how you're taking care of the animals. You're completely like blocked from the conversation.
1: Right. Which, I mean, that just kind of seems like, you know, dangerous from, you know, from the, from the perspective of, you know, uh, growth and, and development of ideas. Because at that point, anyone who watches her stuff, you know, the only thing they're exposing themselves to in the comment section is stuff that supports her. So like they don't even hear the other side because the other side doesn't get, 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 doesn't really get a say.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of the danger of it because if uh, TikTok uses the community guidelines to restrict producers on what they can and can't show, um, it really limits our voice and you know, it limits us from being transparent about our practices and how we take care of the animals.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. So what do you think is, which I mean, I know this is kind of a, a difficult question to answer because that's kind of why we're having the conversation, but what do you think would be the solution to this kind of thing? You know, what can the agricultural, you know, media producers do about this?
0: Well, that's kind of what my article um, goes into. I, I point out this this censorship is an issue, but then it's like, what can we do as animal producers to kind of combat this? And the first thing that we need to do is acknowledge that there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And that this is a huge problem. I'm not in. I'm not against veganism, but if we can't even discuss pros and cons and our side of the topic.
1: Um... Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a difficult topic to, you know, to, to get into, especially because like, you're getting to a point now where, where people who don't interact with this kind of stuff are, are getting to call the shots on, you know, the way that people basically not just run their businesses, but run their lives too. And that's, you know, it's a really dangerous game to play when you're, when you're getting to that level of, of detail.
0: Yeah. I mean, one other thing I thought of ways to combat this would be to, you know, us as ag producers need to come together and, and recognize that this is a problem, but maybe engage these platforms and try to communicate the problems that we're having and communicating our story.
1: hmm yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really productive, you know, idea and that's, you know, it's actually something that I'm working on a lot right now, you know, with the podcast is trying to get as many different, you know, ag, uh, like media head people, you know, like uh, ag TikTokers, talkers, YouTubers, um, you know, Instagram, you know, influencers, podcasters kind of all together and, and you know, on one team and say like, hey, okay, look, we're all facing the same issue here. Let's figure out some new ways to go about, you know, dealing with it.
0: I'm involved in the dairy industry mm-hmm. and I've been trying to get some of our organizations to. To tackle this head on but kind of the pushback i've been getting is that you know this isn't a real issue and that's not important but you know being on being engaged in social media and seeing this happening like you can see that this is this is a huge problem now and it's going to be a huge problem later mm-hmm. if we don't get in front of it
1: yeah so. no absolutely and that, that's you know it's, it's exactly like you said it's, it's going to be a, a bigger problem later as, as time goes on and, and i've I've heard from, I mean, either even other ag podcasters, you know, there are some of them out there that don't believe that, you know, talking to the public or trying to get our word out there is important because, you know, either they're not going to listen or they're not going to care. Well, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. You know, if we don't try, it's going to end up being really, really bad for us because those are the same people that that are voting on things that affect our lives.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's pretty frustrating. The pushback that I've gotten just in the dairy industry, like I posted it to our our DMI Facebook group and a lot lot of dairy producers have told me, uh, you know, censorship's not a big deal. The problem is just, we need more moderation. Um, you you don't know the, all the examples, but, um, it's really frustrating when you're getting pushback just from your own, own community. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I know exactly how you feel. (laughs) And um, like, I think the, the main thing is people don't understand, the, the, like how, like for example, um, me and my dad were in Silicon Valley eating lunch and um, we were at a restaurant and my dad ordered some milk and the server was like appalled that he was ordering a glass of milk. And, <laughs> you know, what people don't understand is that the Silicon Valley, like that's where these tech companies are. Mm-hmm. that's who's moderating all our content mm-hmm. and um you know if they have that kind of reaction in person what kind of reaction do they have when they see our, our content being posted online um you know it's a huge problem
1: yeah no exactly and you know it, i think that you know you're absolutely right and there's they're kind of the people that we need to be you know getting to the most out of all of this and they're the ones that are missing the message you know by far like Mm-hmm. If we could find an effective way to to get, you know, almost kinda like infiltrate them and kind of like get a a good conversation going with them, then they might alleviate at least some of the issues that we're facing. But that's a lot easier said than done right now.
0: So another example I had was um um doc uh, Nina Teichald, she wrote the the book Big Fat Surprise anyway. She posted on our Facebook page about uh the carnivore and keto communities getting um censored um she said that one of her posts had the word bacon fat in it and it got censored and so i shared this example to some other dairy farmers and pointed out that this is a huge problem and um (laughs) um like this i keep i keep getting like the same reasons back that
1: um Yeah, no, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that that's, you know, that's, that's part of the issue is that, you know, we're, we're not, not only are, are we not able to draw the lines on what's okay and what's not okay to say, we're not even getting to have a say in the conversation whatsoever. And that's, you know, it's getting more and more dangerous. And that's something that the ag industry isn't paying enough attention to like, you know, yeah, it's bad that, that, you know, we're getting censored and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's almost even worse that we can't even get our own side to, you know, to pick up the slack and help us fight back.
2: Exactly,
0: we're the minority opinion, and we're losing. Mm-hmm. Another big, so we're experiencing censorship at the farm level, but then also like in the whole area of nutrition, because um, like our dairy organizations can't promote whole milk because the national dietary guidelines say that whole milk is bad. We have to promote low-fat or non-fat milk. And, you know, there's been a lot of science in the last 10 years that show that dairy fat's actually really healthy for you. Mm-hmm. There's 400 different fatty acids in milk, and they're finding out that a lot of those fatty acids have beneficial effects on the body. Um, the problem is like the national, the dietary guidelines haven't been changed to reflect the current science or, but, you know, the problem with using the guidelines to limit what speech you can what we, what you can and can't say is that you'll never be able to change those guidelines, showing the most recent scientific evidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you, you won't be able to bring any of that to the forefront if you if your speech is being censored. So uh, you're just really limiting the conversation, and you're um I don't know. It's it has some negative repercussions.
1: Yeah, no, that's for sure. I think that you know, hopefully, you know, between, you know, what you're doing on, on TikTok and what, you know, what I'm doing what some of the other, uh, like ag producers are, are doing, they're getting the word out there to some of the more, you know, common, you know, uh, common consumers. And, and hopefully they're at least somewhat changing their minds on what's going on and making them kind of more aware of it. But, you know, it's conversations like this that I think are going to resonate more with those who are impacted the most by it, which would be, you know, people buying the food, you know, if we kind of relate to them by saying like, look, you know, the more we let this go on, the the you know the lower quality your food's going to be, the more expensive it's going to be, and and the least healthy you're going to be. Like just you know, you have to trust that we're doing what we're doing because it's going to protect you. And I think as we explain that to them, that might hopefully you know flick a switch in their head that makes them realize that we're worth protecting too.
0: Yeah. So Facebook's partnered with this um, organization called Vegan Food Inc. And the organization is um their mission is to educate parents and kids about the vegan diet and and how to to do veganism the problem with that is that there's no scientific research that shows that uh, vegan diet is healthier than an omnivore diet right um but you know they're taking that stance facebook pushes a lot of vegan products and they allow them to uh to promote well they 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 have a vested interest in pushing vegan products and like Hannah said the google ventures being being part of impossible foods you know basically they have a financial incentive to, to be pushing a one-sided conversation yeah uh,
1: no, and it's, it's not necessarily as simple as, you know, let's just all boycott Facebook and they'll go away. They're a little bit too big for that to, to be effective. We're going to have to kind of take, you know, take another strategy to be able to take down that, you know, that large of, a, of an operation.
0: That's right.
1: So, huh. Well, it sounds like we're at kind of an uphill battle right now. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the best course of action would be i think that what we're doing right now is probably a good first step you know at least getting the word out there having some conversations about it you know influencing hopefully some other people to have conversations about it and to kind of bring awareness to you know more and more people and you know at at best we might be able to get enough people on our side that we'll be able to at least you know combat the the censorship and and hopefully kind of bring agriculture back to mainstream conversations but that's kind of going to be you know as long as we're vigilance we just, we just keep going at it and hope that hope that we don't get taken down. Oh yeah, exactly. No, I no agree.
0: Um we definitely got to get the awareness out there that this is a issue and hopefully we can do something about it. Yeah, no, definitely.
2: I wanted to know what do you think mm-hmm. of talking to the Farm Bureau and DMI and CMAB and some of the, you know, like the milk advisory board mm-hmm. as far as getting some help and like backup.
1: I think that that's, that's honestly probably one of the best options. And I know that a lot of the, a lot of those organizations, uh, maybe, you know, like, like, you know, like Steven already said, some of them are already kind of resistant to that kind of thing. But if we can mm-hmm. convince some of the, of the larger picture, that might be beneficial. I know the farm bureau is probably going to be on board as long as we can you know, talk to the right people about it, because they're all about, you know, advocacy and and education and that kind of stuff. Um, So I think that, you know, there are definitely resources out there that are much larger than ourselves that we could utilize as long as we go about, you know, we have to go about it in the right way. We can't just say, hey, we're mad because our stuff keeps getting taken down. We have to kind of draw out the picture for them and say, hey, look, if our stuff keeps getting taken down, this might be the long term result. And then we're not going to like it if it gets to this point. So let's stop it now before it gets there.
2: Yes. I think I think it's a really good idea, and that's what we've been kind of working on the last um, two weeks or so. And we've contacted some other folks that are in different locations um, Mm. about it. And one of them is a pretty big dairy creator on TikTok, um, um, because I think it's really important. And yeah, we're seeing it on TikTok quite a bit. I help with some of the TikTok videos. I deal with a lot of the vegan comments Mm. (laughs) (laughs) on there for him, (laughs) because
0: probably a good idea.
2: It's it's pretty frustrating, and um, he has a tendency of getting angry. So like, I, <laughs> so sometimes I gotta jump in there. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and I've also won uh, six appeals on videos in a row. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely uh, get to take over that portion. And what you said about the vegan teacher, he didn't really acknowledge that. But yeah, it's a huge, huge issue. And the fact that she's just drinking her own bathwater on there yeah. is just gross. And then the fact that you know, people are stitching and duetting her videos and laughing about it. Is you know funny and everything, but it's also just feeding her. And it just, oh I ended right. up so I have actually blocked her from our account, so she can't find us, and I can't see any more of her content because it was making me physically ill.
1: Yeah, no, it's understandable. <laughs> and I, I wish I could do the same, but I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to what she's doing just so I have an idea okay. of where they're at. You know, in terms of you know, her, her followership, you know, kind of what they're, what they're up to. So I kind of just know what to expect, but yeah, it's, she's,
2: I'm so sorry to interrupt. Did you see that she's actively targeting like TR Jones? So he's got about 500,000 followers. He's a dairy creator on there. Yeah, And so he's got, yeah. So he's got that cow red. Now, every time he talks Mm -hmm. about that cow, those videos get taken down because of her. Are you serious? Yeah, she stitched one of his videos and did this whole thing about it, and so he's just being actively targeted right now. And he's like the nicest guy on there, I would think, out of all the dairy guys. He's yeah. Super nice.
1: <laughs> no, I've been I've been trying to get him on an episode for a little while. He's been a little um, hard to reach, but yeah, no, that's that's terrible. He seems like such a great guy. He's
2: so nice. I yeah, it's just and these people on here are just great, and it's scary that you know she can take out somebody like that with five hundred thousand followers.
1: Right. Have you guys, uh, um, Oh, sorry.
2: I was just going to say she hasn't succeeded yet, but I mean, pretty much like he gets reported all the time. It's reduced his reach.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's terrible. And that kind of stuff is just, that's like intolerable, you know, cause like, it's not like he's saying anything that's actively attacking anybody. He's not saying anything that's, you know, that's misinformative or or aggressive. Like he's literally just just trying to post his stuff, you know?
2: No. And that cow red is a healthy cow. Yeah. She's an awesome cow. That's why he just wants to share his cow. It's just like our, uh, Cora. Cow, Mm -hmm. you know, if she could do the same thing to us. Um, and because we love that cow, she's funny, a lot of people like her. Like, I think she's got a she's got over a million views on her videos alone. Just that one silly cow.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. She's my favorite.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's awesome. (laughs)
1: Discussing this topic for the last two weeks. Yeah. There's just so much.
2: There's so much to cover and there's so many examples. Mm -hmm. But um, I also, you know, he didn't really go into like kind of like I wanted him to talk a little bit about the plant-based agenda. Right. And you really didn't cover that because, you know, if you look in history at some of the stuff going on with, um, like, basically government control and using, um, you know, because um, for so long, like, nutrient-dense animal source proteins have basically been kind of a symbol of, like, a healthy society or, mm-hmm. and, and wealth and everything else. And when you yeah. remove that from people it's not good and you know we, what did we talk about I because I think we have like, like in
0: Soviet Russia they took a lot the uh, all the landowners in order to get them to uh, obey the government they took they took away all their cows and livestock so that way they had to become reliant on the government for food and instead of their own animals so. yeah
2: and then in the 1950s they were actually doing research into like using soy products as a cheap protein you know, mm. in order to feed the masses, like there's a lot there as well. And it's kind of disturbing when you look at it as a whole, because it's not just one example. And there was also, um, you know, if you think about it, like the way the Native Americans, when they lost their buffalo, they lost their power.
1: Right. No, exactly. Um,
2: there, there's that. And then um, what was the other one? I had them all written down for you. I don't know what you mm-hmm. did with them.
1: Mussolini.
2: Oh, yeah. Mussolini too. He was, he wanted to replace um Polenta. Polenta yeah he wanted to add yes huh. <laughs> isn't
1: that scary yeah no <laughs> i mean which i mean even like you know even like the like older older days of like you know the historical leaders like meat was always kind of seen as like a symbol of power you know like mm-hmm. you know, if you could afford meat and that was a really really big deal Um, you know, just because, which I mean, meat's still expensive, but like for the longest time, like only like royalty got to eat meat, like everyone else ate like bread and fish and like, that was about Mm -hmm. it, which I mean, fish is technically meat, but that's, you know, it's, it's not like,
2: not really. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's,
1: it's like almost not a, it's almost a vegetable basically. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of like meat has always been kind of seen as a, as a symbol of power. So if you, if you eradicate meat from society, then that, that kind of says a lot about your, your status yeah and it you know
2: it's also a symbol of strength as well, which you know you basically you said it just right. um it's it disturbs me what's going on there, and you have to ask you know why, and honestly, I just think they want you know partially like they want government control over food or cheap food source. It's a little yeah. scary, <laughs> no, I think
1: that you're onto something with that, and so there, i mean there's there's, there's a lot to be said about, you know, the whole censorship thing. Cause I mean, we've seen this happen in other countries. Censorship Mm -hmm. always leads to worse things happening. You know, it's not just, I don't like what you are saying. So I'm going to stop you from saying it. It's like, if I can stop you from saying that I can stop you from doing a lot of things, which means I control you now.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. And that's why it's such an issue because we don't want the vegan teacher being able to answer all the questions for
0: us.
1: (laughs) Right. No, exactly. I'm, I'm completely with you on that. Like, like
0: even though I don't agree with veganism, I don't want to censor them and say that they can't talk about it. Like, they're perfectly free to make up their own minds, and if they want to be vegan, they have the right to do so. But don't ban other people from eating meat, and don't censor me from talking about the health benefits of my products, because... (laughs) Because,
2: you know, with these plant-based companies, these are huge corporations. These are not family farms. They are not local. And... You know, their entire goal is like they just have to sway public opinion to actually want these products because I guarantee they can make it cheap and affordable, and I guarantee they could possibly replace, you know, these animal proteins if the public likes it.
0: I say, like like, in the last ten years, like animal agriculture has done a really good job of getting online and starting to show how farming's done and how we take care of the animals, and I think that goes contrary to a lot of the vegan agenda. Um, They don't want us showing all the good that we're doing and how we're taking care of animals. They want to promote all this false information, and you know if they're if they're able to censor us and they can get away with promoting the false information because there's no nothing to rebuttal it.
1: Right. No, exactly. It's just it's all about control. It's all about being able to say that you know that nobody else can can fight them on it kind of thing. It's you know it's 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 just a power trip at that point.
2: It is, and it's
0: gross. It is.
1: (laughs) is.
2: It's very frustrating. I've been so frustrated by it the last few weeks, and so is Stephen. You know, just seeing mm-hmm. what's going on, and then because I handle all the TikTok stuff, I get, I get a, like a full blast of it like every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I can imagine it's 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 not an easy thing to have to deal with. I mean, luckily I haven't run into any of it yet, but that's because I'm still a small you know a small platform, but. Yeah you know, seeing that kind of stuff happen to people who actually do have a voice is, is just frustrating because like for so long, we haven't been in in the, you know, in the media sphere. And then now we're here and they're trying to kick us out again.
2: Oh, yeah, no, it's sad. The agriculture is always on this back foot, you mm-hmm. know, always on the defense. And that's, you know, why, you know, we've been pushing so hard to like, do something now before it's too late, because the agriculture right. industry is always too late on everything. Mm-hmm. You just They just lose the battle before it even starts. Yep. And, you know, you get one black eye, like, say, the veal industry <laughs> on dairy, and yep. then it's just all downhill. Yep. No matter how much, you know, we show those bull calves in the videos or the calves getting fed milk, I still get a question at least once a day, whether we, you know, kill the calf shortly after birth or how, like, they'll say that they're in those hutches for the rest of their lives. And I just did a video showing that they're only in there for, like, a month.
1: Right. I just, yeah.
2: you know, it's just
1: too much. Yeah, no, there's, it's just, the, people have such a unique way of just making stuff up, and it's just, they, they've been saying these things for so long, it's so hard to fight back against so many of them, and then now that we're actually kind of getting there, they're, you know, taking, you know, taking the, the land right, right out from under us, and we're just kind of falling on our faces at this point. The only... Success I've had has been with you know like more moderate consumers that just so happen to follow the diet like they're not you know major yeah. activists but they follow the diet for one reason or another and they're more willing to talk about their reasoning behind it but they're also more willing to listen to you know to the other side and say okay well I, I get your point you know I'm, it's not enough to convince me that I'm, I need to change my ways but I at least respect your your lifestyle and that's
2: yeah we've had two two vegans this entire time that have left like oh i like that you take care of your animals i don't eat meat because i think it's wrong but i respect you or whatever i've had two out of like two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> good luck
1: right no and i'm not holding that a whole lot of hope but you know the idea is that we that we show them like hey look we're willing to have the conversation it's you guys that aren't willing to to cooperate
0: that's right like on my website like i, I have a lot of these topics on there and i actually promote like a balanced discussion because they'll comment on all my posts and I allow most of the conversation to go on as long as it's not name calling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a healthy discussion is perfectly fine. So I yeah allow all comments.
1: Yeah. And that's what, that's what Tyler, you know, the California dairy dad, that's what him and I have been working on a lot is, you know, finding ways to, to, to show others that we're willing to have the conversation that we're not just going to censor them or block them out or fight them or anything like that. And he usually actually is pretty good about that. He'll, he'll occasionally get random people on his live streams that will just, you know, berate him and then he has to block them. But most of the time, if, if it's somebody just asking a question, or even if they're like saying, Hey, I don't agree with your lifestyle. He'll at least, you know, say, okay, well, why can we talk about this? And if they can talk about it, then they'll have a good, a good conversation. And they, they may not change each other's minds, but they at least come away like, Somewhat civilly, it doesn't turn into a screaming match, which is you know kind of the like that's that's like a worst case scenario. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, with you know for some reason these food choices, people hold it like a religion, you know, where it's like to their core, and it's a morality thing as well, and that's why it's so hard to change minds. Mm Hmm. I mean, because you know they're in their mind like these farmers are evil and they're morally wrong and they're like, you know, they should not exist. Right. It's just, it's really hard to combat that. I, yeah, I just don't see it happening, but at least, like, the normal people you could reach, it's just, once they've crossed that line, I don't know.
0: Well, a lot of the times, there's been a lack of transparency. If they can actually see what's going on on a farm, most um, people, you know? Right. <laughs>
2: you know how many times that vegan teacher got tagged in one of our videos? Yeah. And, yeah, I guarantee it didn't change your mind. That's
0: true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a religion or something more. It is. They're vegan chemicals. Vegan, (laughs) (laughs) vegan
1: yeah no and and they're not in to have their mind change you know they're in to just throw a fit and a fight like they're you know -hmm. and and i've you know i've said forever i like i don't really mind if people want to follow that mindset as long as they're not trying to force on anyone else you know if if people want to be vegan or they if they honestly believe that their reason for being vegan is is valid then by all means do what you want to do just don't force it down anyone's throat and don't don't spread false information if you haven't done your research Yeah. yeah
2: Exactly,
0: And I think that's the danger of where we're at right now is that the
1: plant-based vegan people
0: are kind of like using censorship to try to block our voices. Mm -hmm.
1: No, I agree. And that's something that we need to, we need to figure out a good strategy to combat with, which, like you said, they're controlling all the major platforms. So it's not like we have a whole lot to do right now. So thank you all so much for tuning in and for listening to this great episode. Uh, If you guys want to go check out uh, Steven and uh, over on on his TikTok, it's Dairy Muse, uh, M-U-S-E. And you guys can go check him out and show him all kinds of support. I'll put all of his links down in the description for all that kind of stuff. So make sure you go check him out. Um, And yeah, so yeah, thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you all next week. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer.